The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Well, uh, I've been filling in for Pat uh, all this week. We've talked about Irish politics in 2024. Uh, let's talk about UK politics. Uh, obviously, uh, Rishi Sunak uh, inherited a situation where the Tories have been in power for a long time. Uh, Keir Starmer, whatever you think of him, is not <laughs> who his uh, predecessor uh, was uh, and, and who was Corbyn was unelectable. So are we going to have a British change of government? And when is the election going to be? Well, who better than Enda Brady, of course? I, I, I know Enda so far back. I remember when his father was a guard sergeant in Owlert, uh, outside in Escorthy <laughs> in County Wexford. And then, of course, he was ubiquitous on Sky News every tragedy. And he's now working for the Turkish uh, world broadcaster, radio and television. Good morning, Enda. How are you? Very good, Ivan. Yeah, Happy New Year to you and to all our listeners. Yes. So, uh, Rishi Sunak made five promises this time last year. How did he get on? Mixed bag, really. I mean, let's begin with the, the big ones. So the, the huge talking point in the UK is always the boats that are coming across from France full of asylum seekers. And if you look on the sheer numbers, he has had a more successful year than his predecessors. So 2023 ended up with 29,000 people getting across the channel in those dinghies. Previous year's numbers hit 45,000. So he's got it down from 45,000 to 29,000. Now, a lot of experts are pointing out, hang on, it's through nothing he has done. It's actually bad weather. So, you know, they won't push the boats out when there is a storm. You know, we've had some rough seas in the last couple of months. So the numbers on the face of it, he's done okay on that front. He promised to grow the economy. It is flatlining, 0.01% in the last quarter, predicted to grow 0.7% this year and 1.4% next year. So these are terrible numbers. In terms of, you know, reducing government debt, uh, debt now stands at 97.5% of GDP of the economy. So huge figures. So I would say... Sunak really has had a mixture. The one thing that has happened that is, I guess is, is going to have an impact for people this year, he's got inflation down, um, down to 3.9%. The plan was to get it to 2%. He's got it to 3.9%. OK, well, of course, it's gone down everywhere, not just in, 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 in the UK. Just on the asylum seekers, um, just explain to us, Suella Bravman got into this huge row with her backbenchers, Tory backbenchers, about Rwanda and deporting people and the courts got involved. To, to Give me the idiot's guide on the Rwanda crisis, as it was called. So the Conservative government wanted to send a message out that Britain would be such an unpalatable place to want to come to, that if you had trudged all the way from... And these people are coming from anywhere from Afghanistan to Iran, Iraq, uh, Albania... Some people are coming from sub-Saharan Africa, so they've trudged the whole way across the northern chunk of Africa. They've got to Italy, and they've made their way up through Europe. The UK government's policy with Rwanda, in a nutshell, is to make it clear to people that if you set foot in Britain as an asylum seeker, they would send you all the way back, like a game of snakes and ladders. You're going to slide all the way back down to Rwanda in eastern Africa, and you'll be held in a centre there while the Brits process your application. Now, to date, €300 million Euros has gone into this scheme. The 
British government have given Rwanda 300 million euros so far, and to date, not a single asylum seeker has gone anywhere near Rwanda from the UK. In fact, only three people have set foot in Rwanda from the UK, and they are Priti Patel, her successor, Suella Braverman, and the new guy as Home Secretary, James, Clever James Cleverly. So 300 million euros, and the only people to go to Rwanda are three Home Secretaries. <laughs> right. OK, when do you think the UK general election will be? May? Two schools of thought. Now, it's interesting now, so I think we can get a... Uh, look, I, I can't figure Sunak out. He is the richest man ever in the entire history of politics in Britain. He is the richest politician ever. He's a multimillionaire. His wife is from a family of billionaires. Um, he seems to have hugely strong links to California and often talks. I mean, I heard over Christmas that the last cabinet meeting, he actually gave each member of the cabinet a bar of American chocolate. So I can't figure out which country this fella thinks he's running. You know, he's a very unusual prime minister, should we say. We don't know what he stands for. When Tony Blair came in, everyone knew there was a project, there was an ideology there was a real drive and a belief in what he was doing. You just don't get that feeling with Sunak. So two schools of thought. Some people are saying he will go early and there could be a spring election in as early as April. And others are pointing out that if he hangs on until October, he will then be able to have it on his CV that he's done two full years as prime minister. And at that point, then they can relocate to California and he can go make even more money. Right. Well, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's quite straightforward. He's, he's a kind of... Uh, with Truss and Boris and all that, he's returned to kind of a traditional kind of John Major Tory, bringing back David Cameron, and I see him in that ilk. But I, I think the problem for the Tory party is, first of all, I think they're in power since consecutively since 2010 and, you know, yeah. their sell-by date. Secondly, uh, Keir Starmer is not Jeremy Corbyn. But thirdly, the demise or potential demise of the SNP means that Labour, uh, instead of having to get a 20% swing, only has to get about a 5 or 8% swing if they win Scotland. So surely it's kind of a slam dunk. You know, the North Wall, you know, Blue Wall is going to collapse back and surely it's very predictable what's going to happen. Keir Starmer is going to be the next PM. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't see any way Sunak wins this. He's 20 clear percentage points behind in all of the polls put together. 20%. I mean, you might have some hope if it was between 5 and 7%. A government that people are very, very angry with. There's fatigue. I mean, public services have gone backwards year on year. Every measure of life in the UK has got worse under this Conservative government. Starmer, I think, just needs to keep sailing along doing what he's doing. You're right about the Scotland factor. I think the SNP post Nicola Sturgeon, they will struggle. They're not going to be the force that they have been. They were an absolute election-winning machine under her. I don't think the SNP will get as many seats in Scotland as they have done previously. There's no support for Conservatives up there whatsoever. They hated Boris Johnson. Trust, she was only, what, 45 days in the job. She barely even made an impact. Um, but I think Labour will pick up a lot of seats in Scotland. You're right. The, the blue wall, as they call it, conservative voters in the north of England who went for Johnson in 2019 because, let's face it, Jeremy Corbyn was never going to be prime minister. I think they will all go back. The, the north of England will go back Labour. And Starmer just really needs to give people some hope because Britain has been 
battered for years now. I mean, we've had years and years of all this Brexit lunacy, each government. And when you speak to people, the smart people in the system who are doing their absolute damnedest to try and make things better, they will say to you uh, privately that they're being hamstrung because every single senior position in the British government has to be filled by a Brexiteer. And that really narrows the pool. And that's where I was heading to on this, because I would have always seen Keir Starmer on the Remainer side of the Brexit argument within the Labour Party. Is there the prospect, if he is PM, that Britain will have a revised trading relationship with the EU and more sensible, pragmatic arrangements? So it's a very good point you make. I had Jack Straw on my show recently, uh, the former foreign secretary. He appeared on Roundtable, which is my show on TRT World. And he made the point that it's going to take a generation for Britain to go back into the European Union. But he says year on year you will see closer relations. And I think it was quite telling that a couple of weeks ago, Starmer went to Paris and he had a sit down. He spent the whole day with Emmanuel Macron at the Elysee Palace in the French capital. And that was absolutely fascinating because traditionally they don't do sit-downs with leaders of the opposition. And I think the French are so annoyed with the Conservative government over the small boats, over all of the rhetoric. And, you know, there's been a real kind of um, frostiness to the relations between London and Paris in the last decade or so. And I think the French are so annoyed with the UK Conservatives, that when the opportunity to sit down with Starmer came along, they took it and they thought, let's meet this guy, let's see what he's like, let's see what his plans are. And I think, yeah, in the next five, I think there will be a guaranteed five years of Labour, possibly a decade, if not more. And year on year, you will see the UK going back to the kind of relationship it had in normal times um, before the clowns took over the circus. Fascinating insights and lots to come. And of course, a Keir Starmer government may uh, change the dynamics in relation to a border poll in Northern Ireland. Enda Brady, as always, across everything happening in the UK and the world of politics there, uh, of TRT uh, presenter and broadcaster. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.